This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Well, we know Udonis Haslam is a member of the Miami Heat still after all this time. So let's bring in a man who certainly knows about the team, the pre and post game host on Miami Heat Radio. We're talking to our friend Alex Solana. Alex, good morning to you. Great to see you as always. Are you a good speller? Onomatopoeia. A. Ah, yeah. O-I-P-O-A-I-A. Onomatopoeia. <laughs> is that right? No? I, Did I nail that? No. That is, that is not correct. None of us can check you. <laughs> that, starts with, check. that starts with an O, and you started with an A. So, you are you know, it, it, once you spend a little time Semantics. working on it. Yes. Whatever. Close enough. I'm the, I'm the Smush Parker of smelly, uh, spelling bees. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, let's get into what we saw in game one last night. And so the the most obvious question, which is a question, which is something that needs to be answered on the heater going to try to answer is how do you slow down Nikola Jokic? If your coach spoke, <laughs> is there an adjustment you can make to at least kind of keep him from knocking out a triple double? Yeah, this Jokic guy is pretty good. Why didn't anybody yeah. let me know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy hell, this guy's uh, th- this guy's really good. Um, you know, it- it's crazy because it almost seemed effortless from him last night, right? Like, before you even look up, there's his 10th mm-hmm. assist, took one field goal in the first uh, in the first quarter, came with two seconds remaining because Cody Zeller let him just take the ball from him. Uh, I-, I guess nobody told Cody Zeller, this Jokic guy is really strong. You, you shouldn't be uh, handling the ball without, you know, some sort of uh, assertiveness anytime he's near you and he just stripped him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I was always wondering coming into this series what a bad Jokic game would look like, right? Where like, you come away feeling like, hey, we did a pretty good job on him. And last night, again, like it, it didn't seem like he took over the game really at any point until late in the fourth when the Heat, you know, they cut it to nine with about two minutes and 40 seconds left. And then Jokic just catches at the top of the key, turns his back on Bam. He dribbles two of the slowest dribbles you've ever seen in your life. And then it's just <laughs> turn around, fade away. Bam out of bios in your face. Doesn't matter. Swish. Next possession comes down, catches at the at the right block, gets to the dunker spot, right over the top of Bam out of bio again. Swish. And there's the game. So the Heat knew that they would have their challenge, a, a big challenge in this series. 
with, you know, lack of size down low. And I think you saw it right from the beginning. It wasn't even Jokic. It was uh, Aaron Gordon right at the beginning of the game. He had 12 points in the first quarter. I think he was four of six overall in that quarter. And he was just dominating down low. Jokic at the top of the key. And he's just using screens on the back end off the ball to, to find a mismatch down low and just exploiting Gabe Vincent. And that's not a, a matchup Miami was hoping to get into. And Denver immediately, um, any questions of rust were thrown out the window because Aaron Gordon is just catching down low in the block and uh, wide open dunks, wide open attempts under the rim against a smaller defender. So that's something the Heat are going to have to do a better job of, not allowing those mismatches to occur so easily when there's being uh, when there's screens being set off the ball. And obviously you just can't have a position where your point guard is covering their four or small or power forward, however you want to describe it, down low time and time again. And then, you know, with Jokic, I, I don't know how you how you slow him down. I thought Bam Adebayo did a pretty good job yesterday of trying to make him feel uncomfortable. The Heat went to zone a couple times, which they did against Boston, and it worked. Uh, very well in game seven and, and throughout most of the series when they played zone, Boston struggled to knock down open threes. And last night, I mean, the Nuggets didn't shoot very well from three. The Heat, who had an abysmal night shooting, their three best three-point shooters were just total disaster last night. Max Struess and Caleb Martin were combined one of 17. Um, and even then, the Heat had a better three-point shooting percentage last night than the Denver Nuggets, and they still had a pretty comfortable cushion for most of the game until the Heat made a run at the very end with Haywood Highsmith. So this is going to be one of the toughest challenges of Eric Spolstra's career, how he's able to try to slow down Nikola Jokic. You have Bam Adebayo, one of the best and most elite defenders in the NBA, but this is just a whole other animal when you're going up against the best player in the NBA, I think it's fair to say that, probably should have won his third MVP this year. Is there a silver lining coming out of game one? Because I'm looking at the final score, and it did not feel like a game that was only decided by 11 points. And I say only, but it felt like a blowout the whole way. Miami shot terrible from the three-point line, only got to the free-throw line twice. So do you think the Heat are due for some positive regression that maybe offensively at least they should be better in game two? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, last night I'm doing the post-game show. We're taking calls. We, uh, we're, we're getting text messages and tweets flying in. And I think, you know, the overall consensus from Heat fans, I'll start there, was, okay, your key role players, your three best shooters, right? Max Schroes, Duncan Robinson, and Caleb Martin, a combined two of 23 from the field, a combined two of 16 from deep. Caleb Martin arguably should have been an Eastern Conference uh, the MVP of that series, he should have been hoisting the Larry Bird trophy. Uh, and he got several votes for it. Jimmy Butler edged him out at the end after game seven. Um, at, at halftime, these guys hadn't hit a shot. Again, Max Schroes, 0-10 from the field. And that's somebody you rely on for offense 
Um, ESPN had tweeted out that one of 17 combined from Max and Caleb was tied for the worst field goal percentage by two teammates in an NBA Finals game who started a game since they've been tracking that stuff and since 1970. Um, and then you mentioned the two free throw attempts. That's an NBA playoff record low. The Heat set a playoff record low for free throws. And the bottom line with this Heat team, you know, you can talk about Jimmy Butler heroics. I'm sure we'll get to, you know, his lack of production last night as well. Um, but this Heat team is predicated right now on, sure, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, there's no doubt. But getting to the free throw line, that was a certainty all season long. They were going to get into the paint and they were going to get to the charity stripe. And they didn't last night. Your only two free throws came from Haywood Highsmith, who I'm sure 90% of America doesn't even know who he is. Um, so, I mean, that that is that is a really bad sign for Miami. And, you know, you can't do any of the official stuff last night either. They just failed to put pressure on Denver down low. And that's unacceptable against a team who has a center that anytime he's in the game is is easily making, uh, you know, a, a, a total impact on both ends of the floor. You have to at least try to get him into foul trouble. And if you're Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, you have to get to the free throw line um, throughout the course of the game. You know, so I think that's a major adjustment Miami's going to make in the next uh, game on Sunday. They're going to get to the free throw line. And I'm not saying they'll have more free throws in Denver. Usually the home team wins that battle. But trust me, it'll look a lot different than it did in game one. Denver wants the Heat to settle for for field goals uh, or for, for jump shots, right? And I think the Heat fell into that trap last night. It played to Denver's advantage. And it worked to a tee because Miami, their three-point shooting that was as hot as ever in that first-round series against Milwaukee and then in that seven-game series against Boston, it cooled off in a big way last night, and it led to the Heat's deficit. We're talking with Alex Solana, executive producer for the Hope and Crowder Show on AM560 Sports, WQAM in Miami, and pre- and post-game host on Miami Heat Radio. You mentioned Jimmy Butler. He had 13 points last night. D doesn't he have to show out? Doesn't he have to have a monster game after monster game after monster game like we've seen during the postseason for the Heat to have a chance here? I think so. Um, I don't think he needs 56 every single game for the Heat to have a chance. Again, um, you know, as we were just talking uh, just a second ago, Chelsea made a great point, I thought, where with everything we're saying, Haywood Highsmith outscored Jimmy Butler in an NBA Finals game. That's always going to be bad news if you're the Miami Heat, you yeah. know. Um, so with all that being said, Jimmy only had 14 field goal attempts, only had 13 points, didn't get to the free throw line. And your three best shooters and arguably your three best role players outside of Gabe Vincent, who ended up with 19 last night, just could not hit the ocean. So with all that being said, the fact that you still cut it to around 9, 10 in the fourth quarter, again, you never felt like you were really in it but they still kind of hung around, right? The Nuggets were never really able to just totally put them away. And even with a 21-point deficit at one point, the Heat still clawed their way back in. You expect that from them. They did it time and time again. They did it against the Bucks, They did it against New York. And they did it against Boston. So it's something you expect from this team. But, you know, I, I do think Jimmy Butler needs to be playoff Jimmy, right? If, if the Heat mm -hmm. are going to have a chance in this series, and I don't think it needs to look how it did against Milwaukee in that game four or, or even in that game five. I think it comes from his overall production on the floor. He has to be the Heat's best player on both ends. And that's, you know, being able to get his teammates involved, penetrating, 
every single time down the floor, finding the open man. And, and the more the Heat get into the paint, the easier it's going to become from the outside. I thought they got good looks last night, but Jimmy, he just didn't feel like he left his imprint on the game. And that can't happen yeah. right now at this stage of, of, of where they're at. And if they're going to get over this hump, and it would be a giant hurdle that they would have to cross here to win an NBA title, they're going to need playoff Jimmy. You're 100% correct. Again, I, I just don't think it needs to be 50 points a game. I, I would love that. I'm sure he, uh, the, the Heat team would love that as well. But it, it just has to come from, from his overall you know, impact on every single possession. And he can be that guy. We've seen it time and time again. But truthfully, he just hasn't looked right. I mean, since, since game three of that Boston series, I know he rolled his ankle against the Knicks. He and the Heat maintain that there's no injury, there's nothing lingering. Um, I, I don't believe it because those those three losses in the Boston series, he just didn't look like himself. And then in game seven, you know, he, he kind of left it all out there on the court. He ended up with a really nice scoring output. Uh, but he just doesn't look like the same guy we saw in that first round. And I wonder, you know, if, if that ankle's still bothering him, if there's other some other injury that's kind of holding him down a little bit. Started off really hot. First five points for the Heat. Knocked down a jumper in Jokic's face. Then hit a three-point in Aaron Gordon's face. And then after that, you, you never saw him take over the game. So I was a bit surprised at his lack of production last night as well. The game kind of just got away from them. And Jimmy Butler was was never there to play hero. And that's something I think the Heat have fallen back on a couple times this postseason. He is the pre- and post-game host on Miami Heat Radio. Follow him on Twitter at Alex M. Solana. It is Alex Solana. Alex, we appreciate the time, and thanks for all the Heat insight. Definitely. Anytime. Enjoy your weekend. I'm going to go read a dictionary. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.